0: Hey, listeners all over the world! You found Mom's Meet World. If you're a brand new listener, congratulations! This is a, f- a podcast about strengthening home and family, and we're going to have a lot of fun. If you're a returning listener, it's pure joy to have you back. Um, I've been asked recently about how to subscribe. Heck, if I know, I don't know more. <laughs> just kidding. I know a little bit about it, but it's complicated. And if you do it through Apple Podcasts, I think from what I've seen, I wouldn't subscribe to my own podcast on that, but you can if you want and try to figure out those steps. Um, I think it's easier to just go to momsmeetworld.com and there's this little drop down menu under the word subscribe. And I'd go to Spotify and just click follow. But again, I don't, this is new and I, we've done so little marketing with this and still we have um, more listeners than we would. Would ever have anticipated, but we're we're gonna get there on the marketing end. So stay with us and be patient. Meantime, today we have a really fun uh, guest today is my husband of almost 40 years, and we're just gonna dive right into it. Here we go Hey, sweetheart. I am wondering if you can tell me what you think about this question. How does a four, almost 40 year marriage, which is what we have, um, differ from say a four year marriage?
1: Um, the flippant answer is 36 years.
0: <laughs> Man knows his math.
1: Um, but that's also the real answer because, you know, when you first get married, you're in love you love spending time together, but you're even then still kind of figuring each other out. Sure, sure. You know, you figure by mm-hmm. the time you've, you know, been married that long, you still have spent less time with your spouse than you spent with your siblings or your parents. And totally. so you just know them in a different way. After 40 years, you have spent most of your life with that person. You have mm-hmm. been through so many different experiences, good, bad, difficult, wonderful, joyous, painful, And you just have so much shared experience that if you still love each other, (laughs) um, that the love is much, Mm -hmm. much deeper. Yeah. It's not um, the romantic love is still all there, Mm -hmm. but there's just so much more in terms of the depth and breadth of your feelings and love for one another and your shared experiences that, you know, um, it's easier to anticipate and live with some of the things that are a little harder. (laughs) Well, Um, well,
0: my word.
1: And it's much, much Mm -hmm. easier and natural to enjoy all of the things that, you know, already made it good, but have made it even better.
0: I completely agree. I, and, and with all of that comes trust and comfort, doesn't it? It's just
1: two good words. Trust and comfort. Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's just so easy. And I think, um, people maybe, sorry, America or world give up too soon. They think, oh, there's bumpy, there's bumpy parts. So I, I guess this isn't the one, I guess I should just go. I do, we should just, you know, and then they never get to that. Some people never get to that point of almost 40 years or 50 years or six years or whatever, where you're just so at ease and so comfortable and you love each other so deeply because you have gone through challenges and difficult things and now you're here and it's just it sort of reminds me of like if you're starting a, a garden you know, you're know, you planting those seeds in the beginning and there's some work to be done you know you've got to hoe it and water it and care for it but then there's this incredible harvest at the end and that can also include children which we'll talk about but
1: can I um hmm. this this may be out of a little bit out of context of the question, but there is one sure. thing I want to add. There sure is that <clears throat> you were talking about, you know, people give up mm-hmm. too soon. I mean, some, you know, some people mm-hmm. get into situations where they just have to. They're just absolutely not a good thing. Absolutely. But but what I was mm-hmm. going to say was a little bit different. Is over forty mm-hmm. years, people do change. They do. But some advice that I received once um, that I think is really 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 important is, of course, people are going to change and they should change and they're gonna change at different paces and in different directions. Yeah. And so, but what happens is, as there's kind of three entities involved in the marriage, there's the husband and wife, and then there's the marriage itself. True. And if the husband changes in a direction or more quickly in a certain way, or the wife does too, you have to update the marriage. And you have to constantly be updating how the marriage works to account for a different job or a different role or a child or different responsibilities with parents. And and you can't just leave that marriage entity static all the time. You constantly have to update it over those 40 years to account for changes in circumstances and changes in the people. Right. It doesn't mean all of a sudden the marriage is bad or stale. It just means it needs some update. Right.
0: Right. I completely agree. Or maybe I think of it like a dance. You know, where sort of, you know, you're the the partner does one move and then you kind of adjust and do the other move and you stay close and then you flow. Ooh, that's
1: you, good. That's good analogy.
0: Way to think of it. Um I when you were talking earlier, remind me of a story about my parents. So, and again, I caveat here, listeners, if it is a very dangerous situation, of course, you know, if there's abuse, drugs, all those kinds of things, um, I mean, we're not encouraging that, but if it's a marriage that has some real potential, um, it could be worth, you know, just, oh, just absolutely. Stay there. so my parents, for example, they, my dad had quite a temper when they first got married and my mom, and he would feel bad that he had been, you know, a little bit loud. And my mom, who's very genteel and uh, just a total class act, <laughs> lovely lady, but he would send her flowers. And one time he sent her flowers and she said, well, I was just so frustrated. I sat there and I put a garbage can in front of me and I took the dozen roses and I pitched their little heads, into the garbage, which made me laugh because, you know, obviously that was her way of expressing her frustration, but they hung in there. And honestly, at the end of 50 plus years of marriage, they were so close, so beautiful, so tight. And I know that they're that way in the great beyond they're, they're still enjoying that beautiful marriage. Okay. I wanted to ask you about something you said when we were chatting earlier about eternal perspective. How does having an eternal perspective help a marriage, do you think?
1: Mm, Good question. Um, And I do remember talking about this. Well, we believe that, you know, the the typical marriage ceremony on TV or in a movie is, you know, um, I now pronounce you man and wife, you know, until death do you part. You may kiss the bride. And our belief doesn't include the "till death, do you part thing?
0: We're Latter-day Saints,
1: right? So mm-hmm. we actually mm-hmm. believe that you can be sealed in the temple in an eternal marriage forever. And so, um, the "till death, do you part thing doesn't apply when you, when you're getting sealed for time and all eternity and you get married, that changes your perspective. It's all of a sudden, not like, okay, I'm in this for 40, 50, 60 years. It's we are creating something that that is an eternal family. Our relationships with each other and our relationships with our children are not going to end, right? When they're 18 or 19 and go to college and move out and go get married. It's that those people are sealed together forever. And so you need to continue to be friends and love one another as an eternal family, a bigger eternal family. And it just changes your perspective on how you deal with one another um, and how you deal with your children over that long haul, even here on the earth, because you're not thinking about what's going to happen till death you part. You're also considering, you know, how are we going to work together and live together and have joy together as a family forever?
0: Yeah, totally. That's pretty magical. And fabulous. I remember when we were first married, we were having a discussion that was difficult, and I. And Ooh, we, I wonder what yeah, it was about. I can't remember exactly what the
1: details were. <laughs> That's yeah. typical, we don't, yeah. right? It was difficult, but we're not quite sure what it was and why it was so important.
0: Yeah, but it like, could have been very, it important. could have been. And yeah, we're not super <clears throat> high conflict people, but something happened. And you said, you know, I want to make a rule
1: that we never in our marriage ever use a certain word. Do you remember what word you said? Oh, yeah, it, was it was divorce. It was yeah. never even in jest. Will we ever use that word? We will never even yeah. use it joking.
0: Cause I was kind of thinking of joking to ease the tension, but you, yeah, you were very clear. That's not funny. Like we never, ever, ever joke about that.
1: No, yeah. You know, it's just not even an option ever. We consider, talk about, joke about in our relationship ever, period. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think we're we're afforded a luxury there because we do have such similar values that neither one of us is going to do something that would, um, you know, be super dangerous that would, anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for that.
1: Me um, too. Yeah. So grateful. I love you so much.
0: Um, let's see. Let's talk about kids for a second. What do in your opinion, how do children, and we, by the way, have eight of them, Um, why did children bring people or can that? I guess it could go the other way, but in our marriage, children have brought us even closer. Why do you think that's true?
1: Mm. Can I answer the negative question first? Absolutely. Which you didn't ask. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, you asked it for me.
1: (laughs) Well, no, you know, there's a few things in a marriage that really have the potential to cause Mm -hmm. conflict. This is true. And Kids go through tough things, and the two parents were raised different from one another. And so they have different backgrounds, different educations, different beliefs about how you solve some of the difficult issues that you have with to kids. deal with kids. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. Um, so it is a it's a tough area.
0: Yeah, it is. There's
1: times when we have had very serious disagreements with one another about how we should handle a certain a situation, situation with one of our kids. Oh, no yeah. question about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And um I agree. again, our educations and backgrounds and styles and just the culture ways of dealing in. with yeah, everything is everything. different. Yeah. Um yeah. and so mm. um there is this is an area where you really do have to work through stuff. Yeah. Um but The bottom line there is it's like a lot of things. When you have a difficult circumstance that you work through together um, as a team, you become closer
0: Yeah.
1: and there's, there has to be some give and take. There has to be some trust. There has to be kind of working things out. And so, you know, there's, there's a big list of things that I think draws closer together by having children and raising children. Um, one is just going through the birth experience together.
0: Yeah.
1: That's one of the most magical things that happens on the earth. Yeah. It just is. It is so cool. I mean, once you've experienced that, mm. it's, I mean, it's, you know, clearly more pleasant for
0: <laughs> anyone um, other than the mother,
1: the man. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> uh, but when that baby comes out and you're both there, big deal, having that life, yeah. um, that brand new life. That's a very bonding experience. Totally. And a very uniquely bonding totally, experience. There's there's totally. so few things in the world I can even think of that are like that. Yeah. And so there's experience shared experiences like that with really which really do bond you together. Yeah. And bonding, part of bonding is remembering. You know, sometimes people have phenomenal experiences like that, but then they get frustrated about things or they let, you know, things get in the way of them remembering how how bonding that experience was yes it was very difficult yeah uh but it is bonding Mm -hmm. um and i think having children also you know as you raise children and they grow and progress you have shared successes Mm -hmm. right it's a team that wins and loses and practices hard together yeah you know you become closer i agree um and years and years of doing that together, there's no question it draws you closer, closer yeah. together. Yeah. Um, and then frankly, those shared experiences where you strongly disagree about how to raise a child or how to treat them or how to deal with a certain discipline issue or something else like that, working those throughs together is hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. But when you do hard things together um, and work those things out over time, I also think that draws you closer together.
0: I totally agree.
1: Um, You know, conflict can escalate to be detrimental, but if it's really carefully managed and worked to Mm -hmm. solutions, there's some patience and, you know, um, forbearance prayer. and prayer. patience and prayer together <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. um it can over time it can definitely draw you closer together
0: i completely agree and i think it would also be true that we've learned so much so for example if we're in a difficult situation and one of us thinks or has thought in the past i think we should go this direction and the other one you would say i know i think we should maybe move in this direction with a certain child even if we disagree i know for me at least i've walked away thinking huh I've learned from your perspective. I may not have initially wanted to go in that direction, but it made me think about, well, maybe we could find a compromise here, or at least that's a really interesting way to think about this. And maybe you've had moments like that too. Oh,
1: yeah. many. Yeah. I mean, because mm-hmm. you and I have very, very different styles. Yeah, we do. For dealing with mm-hmm. people
0: sure. and
1: dealing with children right, and different educations for sure.
0: At least in when it comes to. What do you mean my background in child psychology?
1: Yeah. I mean, you have (laughs) biology and psychology classes and degrees and I don't. Mm -hmm. Um and
0: you have street um, smarts.
1: Well, I don't know if Mm -hmm. I have street smart, maybe, but um that's just a different perspective than I have. Yeah. And so do I come out of those, you know, conversations having new perspectives and learning new things? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and hopefully Mm -hmm. we're also not I mean there are times we just have to compromise. The more successful times is where we, you know, listen and work together long enough on a solution where it's not a compromise. It's a win-win. Yeah. And we both feel so, like, okay, that's the right solution. That's so. going to work. That's what we should try.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, those are better yeah. times for me. I agree. But no question. I've learned a ton from, you know, and learned to trust that there are certain, there are clearly certain things dealing with kids that you're just better at than I am. Um, there are certain things with kids that I'm, I was a just going to say better. back
0: at you. I mean, you are um, totally, that's your field. And
1: that, <clears throat> you know, that's also good teamwork. Is totally. figuring out what the other person's strengths yes. are yes. and letting them run with their strengths.
0: Absolutely. And a great example of that might be um, when we were first having all these young children. And at night, I tend to, I mean, one of the bedrocks I think of a great marriage is humor and play. And we can talk about that more either in this podcast or another one. But I love, love, as you know, maybe too much laughing and playing and being silly. And I love hanging out with the kids in a very silly way. Relaxed way, and you would come home from work, and it would be bedtime. And I would say, "Yeah, I'm going to go get them to bed." And I get up there, and the next thing you knew, I was jumping on the beds with them. Or I mean, it was just ridiculous, <laughs> so playing games. And you know, and you come up, and I remember one night you said, "Hey, I've got an idea. How about <clears throat> after baths and dinner, I put the kids to bed every night?" And I thought at first, I thought, "No, I, this is kind of fun for me." But you said no because this, it takes them so long to wind down afterwards. So, but then you took the, then we went with that. And only good came of that for decades, right? You put those kids to bed. All right, would you say that was a win-win? I mean, that kind of worked
1: out. I think it was. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the sad of it was that you didn't get as much silly laugh and play time.
0: But I got it during the day, plenty, and well, then you I got me time at night.
1: Yes, you did, and, and you also what? What mm-hmm. I also remember happening is mm-hmm. you would come out of the room sometimes when you were still putting them to bed, exasperated, like yeah. I cannot get them to calm down. Yes, And the issue is because you got them riled up. Yes, And yes. so yes. Um, bedtime became <laughs> uh, more reading <laughs> and talking and you getting some time by yourself. Yes. Um, yes. And I think it did turn out to be a win-win because um, the kids and I, there's no question mm-hmm. that the kids and I bonded over bath and bed yeah, um, stories and putting him to sleep and reading him story after story after yeah. hundreds and hundreds of stories. Yeah. Um, and you got a break.
0: Yeah, and I needed it because yeah. they were pretty exhausting, and that gave you that chance after a busy day gone from them to really bond with them. So our strengths work together.
1: I we're agree. Really, pale. totally agree. <laughs> I'm boring. I put him to sleep. You're fun. You wake him <laughs> up. You're definitely not boring. But it was
0: it was good teamwork, as you talked about earlier. Teamwork. Um, Another thing I think that has been great for us and for all couples listening is to not forget that importance of fun and look for chances to have fun and be supportive of the way the other person wants to have fun. For me, it's just, you know, being goofy in general. But for you, it's very specific, I think, sometimes. And I remember when you first came to me and said, I'd really like to help the kids ski ski. And I thought, okay, but that in my head, I was thinking, that's wonderful. And I know you love to ski to the point where I remember you filling out forms when we were very first married. And you said, you looked up at me and said very sincerely, why can't the government give grants to people who are young and poor and really need to ski?
1: Oh, I didn't remember that. That's funny. So funny. I think you're
0: harshly joking, but that's how much you love to ski. And So I didn't want to not have you take the kids skiing, but I remember in my mind thinking we have a lot of very young people under eight. How are we going to get, you know, that's a lot to prepare. It's a lot to, you know, everything. And I was initially kind of resistant. I didn't want that to fall to me, but it didn't. And what was beautiful is you came in and and you'd have that thing called the ski show. Remember the kids would come down with all their ski equipment they could find. And there'd always be lost mittens and lost socks, but you'd replace and you guys would put it all together. You get things from ski swaps and they parade and, you know, show up in their ski clothes and you take the bulk of that work. Why? Because you knew that fun was super important. Is that the main reason? Maybe I've got this wrong, but it seemed like you were, you were honoring the, the idea of fun. As a way to bond with your
1: kids. Oh, no question. Hmm. It was, I mean, I love skiing. There's, there's no doubt about that, Hmm. but I also knew how social it is an activity
0: Yes.
1: and how it's a great way to have fun with a child. And then, you know, by teaching them to ski and they achieve and they're outdoors, there's so many benefits to it. Um, but one of the benefits is when they're on this chairlift with you, they're stuck.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah they got to talk to you. Yeah. When they're on a long drive up and back, <clears throat> they can sleep. But part of that, they got to talk to you. Yeah. And, um, it gave us a lot of time together as a family to have a lot of fun in beautiful settings. Um, and to just talk and talk and talk about things, That's um, you know, in a, in a really safe place for the kids you know, emotionally to share things. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And, and I think listeners, it doesn't necessarily obviously have to be a ski trip, but no, it
1: could be a hike or a walk or, you know, but family, when you do kid things together with your kids and like you say, have fun with them. Yeah. Those can be very, very bonding things.
0: Totally. I think devotional has given them a safe space. That's where we've had sort of a circle you know, gathering and sort of a circle or semi-circle in our, just in our living room or our family room through the years and just dedicating time to, Um, reading poems or singing songs. Um, For anyone who's interested, I write for Meridian Magazine, M-E-R-I-D-I-A-N. And there's an article in there. um, If you go through the, the author page on having devotionals, it might use the word gathering or something, but you'll find it for more information on devotionals. But I think that's been one of our very best ways to create that safe space. Um, so no, so just one second guys. Sorry. So anyway, that has been a, a real gift for us. I think one of the reasons that we want, see if you agree with this, I'm actually, I know you do, but I'd love to hear your perspective on it. One of the reasons that we do want to encourage these friendships with our kids is that not only do we want to have those friendships for eternity that you talked about earlier, but that we, acknowledge that we already had these friendships before they got here. We believe in a pre-mortal world where we make commitments to come down as in, in these roles of parents and children and bond and go through hard life experiences together. So I think we notice that when our kids get to be I mean we have a child that's what 34, 35. 36, um, 36? I think. Holy bananas, really?
1: I think so. It's insane.
0: Our youngest is what 16? 16. It's yeah. at home. Um, so it's a quite a range, but as they go into that adult period, I think that's when we see, Oh, you really are a good friend. That's, and that honestly is sometimes challenging for me because I always wanted that. I wanted them to kind of full circle it back to that friendship that I think we had before this life, but, but, and I want to respect them, but sometimes I still want to parent them even though they're full grown adults. And, and really we need that friendship piece. Do you ever struggle with that? I've never really asked you that before.
1: Interesting. Mm.
0: I don't think you do. I think you've always, it's always been easier for you, but maybe not.
1: I don't know if I Mm. struggle with it or not. I mean, there's no question that your Mm. relationship with them has to change. And the first part's hard because when they first think they're independent, they're not.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. And
1: they're not ready to be
0: (laughs) like our one leader Um, for college right now,
1: but they're sure they're independent. Yes. yes. And that's a good thing. Uh, We all go through that. I went through that. Me Me too. Um, and, but so it's, it is hard, but that, that line starts early on, right? It starts with little kids where they start to grow independence and you yeah. always have to draw the line over yeah. how much independence do you give them when totally. it's not like all of a sudden there's this finish line that they cross and they're no longer at all dependent.
0: It's a really good point. Um,
1: it just changes over time and becomes thinner and thinner until maybe, it, maybe it disappears
0: and maybe ever totally. Cause there's still part of me that, I don't know. I just look up to my mom as a mom, even though she's not even on this planet Yeah. or my dad. So yeah. maybe, maybe it's never totally, that line's never totally gone. Well, honey, we are going to um, come to the end of this, but you did say, I remember you saying when we were talking about doing this podcast, that this is actually more than one episode. Like we should do some more on parenting and there's some other things we can do later in the year. So we don't need to say it all here, but maybe for the fun of our listeners, since we didn't do it at the beginning, maybe we can talk for just a minute about, um, a little bit maybe about how we met and a little bit maybe about what drew us to one another. Okay. And then close with that. So do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Go ahead. Um I remember seeing you in an apartment complex across the way and saying to my friend Mary, he is really cute. <laughs> she said he is really cute. And I thought, I wonder if I'll where I'll see him again. And I was dating other people, no no one seriously. But we had a Halloween dance that I was um, running. And so everyone needed to come in some old, you know, anyone from sort of as a parody of Hollywood things. And I was Catherine Hepburn, which was really weird because I mean, how do you dress up? like? Catherine but I had sort of that old fashioned forties dress. And then you came in and didn't have a costume. And I remember sort of teasing you and you just come back from where was it? The library.
1: Mm, I had You're been then. studying at the library. Been studying at
0: the library, and I remember just being very impressed with your work ethic that you were that you wanted to go to the stands, but you also knew that you had some responsibilities um, studying. So you kind of were compartmentalizing your time a little bit. I just remember having so much fun teasing you, and then later we went on a date not really with each other. We were both with people that we weren't, neither one of us was really interested in. And on that date, I think we were playing racquetball or something. We kept talking to each other instead of the people we came with, because those weren't people that I think was a first date for both of us, but those other people. Um, so I, I noticed that initial spark in that chemistry, but there was a lot more, but I'm going to let you talk for a second. And then I'll tell you at the end, a couple more things that were interesting to me. about mm.
1: Um. I do remember that Nance. Mm-hmm. but I also remember seeing you in church. Um, And I was sitting with my roommate, and he expressed interest in you. And so um, kind of bro code, you were not on my list for then, because my roommate was already, he already lived there. I was moving in halfway through the Mm -hmm. semester, and he was sort of interested. But for me, even before that double date we went on where we were each with a different person, you and I started talking and I don't remember, I don't remember how we got from that dance where you were teasing me and we were just kind of bantering to times when we would just sit in the apartment complex and talk. And our first date actually was a result of one of those. It was, I had tickets to the basketball game and you and I were just sitting around talking and um, I can't remember if the game was that night or the next day. And I just said, Hey, I've got tickets to the game. You want to go? Just as
0: friends. Yeah. And we just went as friends and that was
1: our first, you know, was it a date? It was just you and I together. Um, But we didn't immediately start dating. In fact, the racquetball double date came after that.
0: Oh, that's right. That's true. And And then that roommate guy faded completely out of the picture. So the field was more open.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we both dated other people before kind of, we got together. But for me, that was good because we really grew a very good friendship before we started dating. Yeah. I had talked to you a lot. Yeah. And had talked to you and your roommates and spent time with you and them together. And there was just a really good friendship before we actually started to go on dates where I felt like it was, you know, more romantic and could get serious.
0: Yes. And young listeners, that's great advice. That's a great way to go. Indirect advice on, on starting with a friendship. Um, I do remember, and maybe we'll close with maybe things that, that drew us in terms of attributes, maybe that drew us together. I remember thinking I, one thing that was really important to me is that I really, really wanted to get to obtain a father for my children. That was really a wonderful person. And I remember consciously thinking when I walk around campus in college, I'd I'd say, you know, almost to them, like these future children that would come to our home. Don't worry. I'll get you someone who's just high quality. Someone who's really high quality. And even beyond a good father, I was looking for someone who had, a lot of integrity, and I used to describe it to myself as like a titanium spine of integrity. In other words, there were lines that you would never cross, and that I could trust you completely. I know it's a taller—it's a taller—and I'm ahead. a short guy. And, and <laughs> taller for a short guy. Yeah, I'm five seven. He's five eight. And we used to say we see eye to eye on everything, <laughs> which we <laughs> but, don't. Which we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we do laugh a lot. Um, But anyway, he—you he really did have a ton of integrity no one's perfect but I, I appreciated that about you that was really important to me anything that you when you when you saw me one enchanted evening no it
1: wasn't like that when for me you
0: saw this strange girl she was kind of a stranger across the crowd anyway go ahead
1: Let's no it wasn't it was <laughs> not like that for me that um for oh so no integrity <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you
1: no i mean um for me clearly the most important thing was that the person had um a really deep spiritual connection with god and that this person was absolutely committed to the gospel of jesus christ first and foremost
0: of Latter-day saints in our case and you're thinking about my mom's comment right love god for
1: yeah look for somebody who loves god more than they love you yeah and um that's, that mm. was high on the list. Um, but, and there was a lot of things, you know, mm. as I kind of a dumb organized guy? Yeah. Did I have sort of a list in my mind of, okay, mm. the girl I'm going to marry has to have all of these qualities and traits. And sure, there was a list. And the answer is you were really, really, really good on that list. Um, but the difference was you were just so much fun. And our friendship was so natural and fun and easy that it was the big bonus, right? I mean, you had um, the spiritual piece, super, super, super smart, Um, smarter than me in a number of different ways. Um, Very, very good student, very committed to having kids. I remember when we were engaged, you told me you wanted to make sure, you know, I think you said at the time, I want to have 10 kids.
0: I might have been under anesthesia.
1: Yeah. I was a little, I was a little (laughs) intimidated by that. Um, but, but you know, I, so you had all the things on the list, but the big difference was we were just such good friends and it still manifests itself. You know, you and I's favorite date is to go out to dinner and we can sit over dinner and talk for hours, literally hours, and then leave dinner and go on a walk and talk for another hour. (laughs) And that, (laughs) that was the difference maker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And is yeah. you had all of the wonderful qualities that I really, really wanted. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, I'll add amazing looks. Um, she's gorgeous, wow. which is really a nice bonus to have.
0: Well, I never. But
1: we just her. had yeah. so much fun together oh. that that was that was really the difference. We really did. Yeah
0: across a crowded room and somehow you knew we knew even then okay we're going to close this podcast okay but we will not close our (laughs) eternal friendship discussion